from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. The Eagles still have their name up in lights after absolutely demolishing, devastating, and destroying Devin's Giants over the course of the week. That wasn't nice of me. I'm sorry I did that to you, Devin. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Uh, Devin already telling me I'm not sorry. I am. I feel bad about that. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, uh, hanging out with you. You guys can chime in. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. One of the things I love uh, about working with my guy, Harry Douglas, is not just our friendship. Uh, is not just the fact that he calls me, whether it's one in the morning or one in the afternoon, to give me his film, film breakdown. It's also his Rolodex. Like, Harry, as he reminded us last week, he knows lots of famous people, including, but not <laughs> limited to, Eagles wide receiver Zach Pascal joining us, man. Appreciate your time. Congratulations on just a huge, huge win for you guys over the course of the weekend. I want to start uh, with quarterback because that's what we always do at ESPN. But uh, Nick Sirianni said Jalen Hurts is like Michael Jordan in terms of leadership. What stands out to you playing with him every day that makes Jalen different? Well, first off, thank you guys for having me. You know, appreciate appreciate being here. Um, and just seeing Jalen on an everyday basis, you know, throughout the year, he's always locked in. You know what I'm saying? There's never a moment where, you know, he's um, slacked off or, you know, mentally out of it. He's always locked in on the task at hand. And regardless of um, one thing or one play, we're always ready to move on to the next play. You know what I'm saying? Do things, you know, on the next play. It's kind of like a dog mentality on just moving on to the next one. I think he got that, you know, master. And Zach, I got to ask you, man, you played with Nick Sariani in, 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 in Indy and now in Philly. How has he gone from being a solid OC to a successful head coach so quickly? Um, I think it's because he can connect with the players, man. Um, he knows how to connect with the guys. I mean, guys on the team play, you know, play for him. I would say he def- he's definitely a player's coach. He knows how to like I said, connect, you know, allow guys to, you know, feel comfortable and be themselves. You don't have to, like, be a certain way, you know, um, in the building or anything. You know, he, he, he embraces, you know, whatever culture you have or however you, you know, he just wants everybody to have passion for, uh, passion for football. And, you know, with that being said, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing else to, to really say about that one. I mean, he's a, he's a great coach. I mean, walk me through this, Zach, because like, I'm a fan of the Raiders, right? So I'm just used to watching bad football teams most of my life. Uh, you've played for a lot of organizations, and when you're a fan like me, you're always looking at it says, like, what makes an organization great? You're part of an organization right now that is absolutely lights out. You've been a part of other organizations. What makes it different with Philly? Um, I would say for me is the locker room. Um, I've been in a, different, a couple of different organizations, and I would say – you know, when I was in Indy and, and now Philly, you know, the locker room, the locker room is definitely, you know, a big, a big key. Everybody, you know, connects, everybody gets along. And that's kind of the message we was preaching in Indy and Philly now, is, you know, connect with teammates, you know, build that, build that bond. So now where we're going on the field, now we playing for each other, you know, going to war with each other and, you know, have each other's back. So it's just, you know, having that locker room mindset. I've been in places where, you know, the locker room is kind of separated, you know, everybody was, you know, to themselves, but, you know, these two organizations, you know, the locker room really, really makes it like home for real. And Zach, I got to ask you about your wide receiver room because you have a lot of guys in that room that can play at a very high level. 
Um, but like you said, the relationship between you guys mean everything. Who is the funniest person in the wide receiver group? The funniest person in the wide receiver room. Um, I would have to say, I would have to say our punt returner, Brent Covey, man. He is hilarious. <laughs> um, I mean, he, he comes with a lot of energy. And after that, I would probably say, I'll probably say Smitty. Smitty is hilarious too, especially when he, you know, get going with his accent and stuff. So I'll say Smitty and Brent Covey for real, for real. All right, so then when you guys are lifting, I need a best and worst here. Best and worst locker room DJ. Like, who are you letting take over? Who are you not letting take over? I I won't let Covey take over. And I would let <laughs> I would let Quiz take over. Quiz walking. Okay, okay, okay. See, Zach. <laughs> See, me and Zach, was it, me and Zach played together in Tennessee, man. And we, he, he knows. You got to have those tools rocking. And I do yeah, want to tell you, yeah. Zach. I'm so yeah, you proud cannot. of you, man. Like seeing you come from a, a young cat in the league to a vet now, um, but fighting for everything that you that you have at this moment, bro, and, and never giving up and being resilient. So I, I'm proud of you, man. Yes, sir. I appreciate that, man. I still I still to this day say you my OG, my OG. Wait, wait, wait. So was Harry a good like? Let let just give me the real here. Like, I need some ammunition on Harry Douglas. Like, come on, was was he was he like helpful? Was he good? Was he goofy? Like, tell, tell, give me give me give me something here. Give me something I can use against him. Ah, uh, Harry was Harry, man. Listen, always had the, Harry was Harry. I, I always had the guys laughing. Hey, look, we was gonna have that discipline though. <laughs> but Harry, Harry was a great guy, man. I love Harry. Hey Zach, tell him about man. It, it, who was the best? Who was the best gambler on the team? You know what I'm saying. Who was the best gambler on the team when we played together? And we ain't really let the young folks gamble because we wanted them to focus. But you used to watch the vets. If you had yes. to pick one vet, who he's was asking the best you to pick vet? him, Zach. He's asking you to pick him. Oh I, would, I, I would absolutely between him and a rat pole. I would definitely. Yeah, I, I would choose <laughs> one of those two. I don't if know. There was any free time in the day? If there was any free time in the day, they was. They was gambling, doing something. Man, Zach, I keep asking Harry to let me play spades with him, but I'm afraid it's going to work our relationship down. Like, I'm afraid that he's he's hyped listen, this thing up so much. Listen, spades ain't just a spades is not just a game. Uh, tell, him I, again, I, I tell him again, Zach. Tell him again. Spades, spades is not just a game. Harry invited me to his house. I think on Thanksgiving one one year, we went in there playing spades. Even Mama was in there. You know, my, Mama, my grandma, Mama my grandma Harry was in there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, it was getting active on the stage. I no mean, lie, no lie. My grandma one day, because remember, I think um, I think Sip was in there, too. My mm-hmm. grandma literally asked, are you stupid? You don't know how to play? I think grandma not playing with him. Grandma still drank energy, baby. Man, I'm, I just want to say for the room, just because I'm a 5'9", 170-pound white dude does not mean I don't know how to play spades, people. Oh, man, this is this is, this is my daily existence. Uh, Zach, let me let me ask you about this weekend, obviously. You got to get your thoughts on the 49ers. We've been talking a lot about that defense. I know you guys are just starting to dive in, but what do you guys see there in that matchup? Um... Great defense, great overall team. You know, they work really hard, finish plays. Um, we got to be on our A game um, and continue to connect with each other so that we can, you know, come ready to play play on uh, Sunday. Bro, I, and, and I'll tell you this. Tell Tanny, tell J. Mike, tell uh, JG, tell all the guys, man, I said what's up, man. I, I most definitely will. I'll tell them. Thanks, thanks, Zach, man. We appreciate your time. 
Yes, sir. You be safe. That's awesome. Uh, Zach Pascal, Eagles wide receiver, hanging out. Uh, I, I don't know, Harry. Like, I feel like everybody just presumes maybe, you know, that for the culture that I that I can't be a good space partner for you. No, but see, I, I don't think Zach was saying it in that light. No. Zach has seen me <laughs> play a lot of things. So Zach knows how serious things can get. And that that's my that's my that's my young dog right there now. That that was that was my guy. And when he first got to Tennessee, um, I was helping him with the playbook and all that because he had to learn it like on the fly. Uh, but He's a person that I always knew would pan out because of the way he worked and how smart he was. Uh, but he's just naturally gifted, man. Strong, natural hands. And I'm, I'm just happy to see him have success now at this point in his career. I, I love the fact that I asked him to give me dirt on you, and he just said, you know, Harry's Harry. That's, that's all, my that's dog. All he gave. That's my <laughs> that, 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 There's no change. He was not see, taking Zach, the base Zach didn't seen the best of me, and Zach has seen the, the worst of me. That's why he said, we're going to have that discipline, though. You see what I'm saying? No, One thing we're going to have is that discipline. I, I do think, though, that this is a real reminder, because I asked him, uh, you know, what makes things different. He talked about the culture. He talked about the coach that understands the players in the locker room, yep. can relate to every single person. This is why we saw five different coaches this year, rookie coaches make the play, first-year coaches with their new teams, I should say, make the, the playoffs this year. Because I believe more and more and more, the more I talk to guys in the league right now, constantly believe, I think you get a quick sort of example. Can your guy win that locker room? And you know that quicker than it used to be. It's not like that five, six-year process anymore. Like You know when your guy wins the locker room, and when that happens, things just hit different. And you see guys like Zach go in and be able to have really successful careers going into a place where he understands the system, the system understands him, everybody knows what they're looking for from everybody, and the coaches really get the player. I, it, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Fitz and Harry brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We've got new news from Andy Reid. He's given us the latest on Patrick Mahomes, and you'll hear it. Plus, Harry will tell you the biggest challenge the Chiefs will face on Sunday. We'll do it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Mahomes is hurt after a gain of four yards. He got hit hard on this play. McKinnon sprints in motion to the near flat. Mahomes now steps out of the pocket, throws late, wide open, back of the end zone. Touchdown! Not come out of the playoff game unless they take me out. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Was hurt after a gain of four yards. He got hit hard on this play, and Mahomes is he wanting to come out? He's a tough kid, and so he wanted to be in there. He wanted to be competing. I just love competing in this sport, and uh, pain is pain, and you got to deal with it either way. McKinnon sprints in motion to the near flat. Mahomes now steps up in the pocket, throws late, wide open, back of the end zone, touchdown! I'm not coming out of a playoff game unless they take me out. I don't know, this music kind of makes me want bottle service somewhere with Harry Douglas. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. Chiefs fans out there getting bottle service, celebrating a big win over the weekend. Uh, obviously, uh, picks for anyone that wasn't paying attention to the show. Picks were made, and uh, a particular show, I don't know, known as this one, went undefeated with the picks this weekend. <laughs> not going to lie, not yeah. going to lie. 
And uh, I might just go to the casino with my winnings off the Bengals alone this week. But, Harry, the game mm-hmm. that a lot of us had our eyes on were the Jags. Could the Jags compete? And I think a lot of people thought that game was about to take a wicked turn when Patrick Mahomes injured his ankle. Now, obviously, he was out. He threw the parka. Everybody reacted. He came back in. He hobbled on one leg like a pogo stick, got them through the <laughs> win. It was that heroic Herculean effort we love to talk about. And it leads to a question today about what's next for for the injured quarterback. This is the breaking sound just this afternoon from Andy Reid at the press conference, Chiefs head coach, about whether or not Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to play this weekend. This is what the Kool-Aid man said. You know, he told you guys. I mean, he, he mentioned it to you that he's going to play. So, I mean, that's uh, um, that's his mindset. And, and then we'll just take it day by day and see how he does. You've had this injury, Harry. What's it like? Yeah. The high ankle sprain when you're trying to do that? Oh, it's rough. And, I, and I'll tell you this, Fitz, I had it probably mid-year and literally it bothered me the rest of the year to the point to where right before kickoff, I had to go back in the locker room and have a, one of our trainers dry needle all the way up from my high ankle area, all the way up to my shin, all the way around my calf muscle just to relief. Wait, is that um, like acupuncture, the dry needle thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, weird. But it's a little bit, it's a little bit deeper than acupuncture. Acupuncture, they only go to a certain depth, right? Dry needling, you're actually pushing the needle down in, trying to find spots to release and stuff like that. And I'll, I'll tell you, the, the ankle is one of the worst places you can get dry needling because there's no, there's no fat. It's all, basically all bone. But it's going to be an uphill battle for Patrick Mahomes to get out there. Now, he's the ultimate competitor, so he's going to do everything that he has to do. Um, he's going to be living in a game ready. That's this little machine that, you know, a lot of injured people use when you take your ACL, have an ankle injury, shoulder injury. That's basically taking place of like an ice bag. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna be in that faithfully. He's going to have to keep it elevated. But at the same time, it's more so a pain tolerance. And what, what, toler- what can he tolerate from the quarterback position? So if I'm Lou Anarumo right now, the defensive coordinator for, for the Chiefs, and this is a bad job that I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars did, was not heating up Patrick Mahomes once he got to that point. And going into this game, you had Travis Kelsey had 14 catches for 98 yards and two touchdowns versus the Jags. If you think he's going to have that against Lou Onorumo this time around with no Tyreek Hill on the football field and a hobbled Patrick Mahomes, you're crazy. Yeah, I mean, the talent differential between where the Bengals are, especially defensively, and where the Jags are, I think is is, is pretty significant. I, I'm still stuck on this dry needling thing. So, like, you walk into a room and somebody just takes these long needles and just starts poking you with it, and that's that makes you feel better? Yes, because this is weird for people. It relieves a lot of tension. Okay. This it, is it, like, in whatever area is hurting. Like, on my hamstring, if my hamstring is tight, I will go get my hamstrings uh, dry needle to release the tightness. Does it hurt when they when they when they poke the little needle in? I mean, it's no, not it, a little it needle. hurts. It, it hurts a little bit ankle wise, but I have a high tolerance for pain. So. I mean, well, I, here's the thing: for a guy that's all tatted up, I hate needles. So the thought of just having somebody start poking needles right into my ankle seems seems wild. My, the other side of this is, <laughs> if you're Mahomes, you're not going to get any reps in this week, right? That's not a big deal. We all know that. For Mahomes, fine. For their offense, fine. They're going to be just fine. Uh, the question is the pain tolerance during the game, which I don't know that they'll really be able to have a great answer for until we get to the game, right? Like, that's one of the weird parts 
of this. To your point, yep. you want to elevate it as much as possible. Thank God for Kansas City that it's a home game because it eliminates the need to travel in this process if mm-hmm. you're a Chiefs fan. So now you're you're basically keeping it elevated. You're keeping it in this device. You're keeping it wrapped. You're doing all of these things 24-7 as much as you possibly can to do, to do whatever you can to get your body right. But you won't really know until you can test it, and you may not it may not make any sense to test it until what Sunday? So it it is interesting well, for the no, Chiefs to I, go into this. I, I won't say that. Um, would you test when it? You Friday? Say, when you say really test it, I would see lightly what he can do. Not going out there on the practice field with the rest of the team, but like off on the side somewhere on the field. Probably see if he can do some light jogging or whatnot. Um, but that's based on pain tolerance and how he's feeling walking around. That's all going to be based off of that. But I would, I also would tell you there's a lot of things that, you know, you can take as well. Yeah. He's, he's probably going to be taking Toradol to try to knock some of the pain away during the game. And that that's the other part of this conversation. I mean, uh, as, as uh, our buddy Scooby Magaza pointed out, you know, we saw Chad Henney come into the game. We saw – him go. We saw Mahomes go back to the locker room. Henny played for a little while. Then Mahomes came back out. And uh, Scooby, who played some college football, also uh, pointed out that Toradol can take a minute to kick in. So he's like, mm-hmm. about the amount of time it takes for the injection to kick in is the amount of time that you were going to need Chad Henny to be out there and get done what he. Could well, they get don't. Done. They don't. They don't do the injections anymore. It's oh, all. Okay. It's all pills now. Oh, it's a pill. Okay. See, look at you. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're doing the pills and and whatever to to try and help with that. But even in that process. What did we see from Mahomes? We saw him barely able to put weight on it in the second half. So even with adrenaline, even with um, we're presuming some sort of medication, still difficult to play through that. Got to give Chad Henney, and you mentioned this earlier, but I got to give Chad Henney a lot of credit because when Mahomes went down, I thought, man, the Jags are about to go to the AFC Championship game. Who knew? And instead we got that reminder that, you know, uh, not taking anything away from Mahomes, even though I jokingly tweeted, can we all now admit he's a system quarterback? You do have to look at this (laughs) coaching staff and say, okay, Chad Henney can come in and win a football game with them. Like I, I still believe so much in mm-hmm. the ability of Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid to make chicken salad out of you know what that I like even Henny and doesn't necessarily scare me against most teams, not the Bengals, but most teams. Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, oh, but okay. yeah. I mean it's already going to be an uphill battle when Patrick Mahomes is a hundred percent going against Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. Uh, Chad Henney, that's not happening. No, he's no, not going to win the game. The but, I, but, but I am going to give Chad Henney a lot of credit because we forget that he came into that game versus the Cleveland Browns. It may have been a few years ago and picked up a hell of a uh, first down. I believe it was on fourth down when Patrick Mahomes went out of that game. But it's all about being the ultimate pro, right? Being ready when your numbers call. Uh, so, you know, you don't have to try to get ready. You already picture things into your mind. That's why I think uh, visualization is a is a big thing. Having a vision, you have to vision things happening, not visioning your your teammate getting hurt, but you visualize yourself being in the situation. So when it when when it comes upon, it's not foreign to you as yeah. a player. Well, and and it speaks to comfort. You know, we talk all the time about guys being in the same offense for a minute, guys being able to yep. come in and play. Henny's got that. It, it speaks to veteran leadership, all of those things. I just know that in a world, in a world, where we're sitting here making Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan this great dynamic duo, and it is. Like, I'm not taking anything away from that. I think that maybe we should have that same conversation. But we also got to remember, we got to remember, Patrick Mahomes is 0-3 versus Joe Burrow. I don't want people to forget that. 0-3. If Burroughs grapefruits, what's Mahomes? 
I don't know. We'll have to figure out. You know, uh, this is Joe. Joe Grapefruit's Pearl needs to come on this show. Evan, Evan, you're a producer extraordinaire. We got to get Joe Pearl. I'm like, he's got to know what this. We're like, send him a send him a thing of grapefruits. Tell him to come on the show and tell him to hang out with us. Yeah, great, that, that, that great may be one idea, team really, outside the that box. I don't have Let's get Joe Burrow on. That like is that is some outside the box thinking right there. Yeah, when Harry well, Douglas turns around and gets us Joe Burrow on this show, we're not going to let you live it down for the rest of your life. So you know, th- 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 this is going to happen, Evan. The pressure. So, y'all are putting on me my goodness i mean i mean i know i'm a uh an analyst and a guest booker but geez guys look at this have and, i set the standards that high and also male model <laughs> okay we'll keep breaking everything down from that matchup you need to know but one divisional playoff team may have lost a lot more than just the game Fitz and harry the podcast The Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Kansas City for the AFC Championship game. You know, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about us. We don't care who's favored, who's not. We're built for this. I wouldn't say we overlooked, you know what I'm saying? It's just the disrespect they gave us, you know what I'm saying? We don't really care how they treating us and how they going to do us. Joe's a killer, man. You got nine at the helm, you know, anything's possible. Windows my whole career. The window for Joe Burrow might be his whole career. But what if the window for the Bills suddenly looks like it could have some issues? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Presented by Progressive Insurance, you can also just tell your smart speakers, hey, smart speakers, please play ESPN Radio, and then they will play us. All right, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, uh, hear me out. I don't think... The Bills are in a, a problem area. But we've spent a lot of time today talking about the Cowboys. We've spent a lot of time talking about the teams that have lost, Harry. And I just keep thinking about one team that lost in Buffalo and not just the fact that they lost, but how they lost, where they lost. It's another postseason where the Bills don't get to the Super Bowl. And I know that's saying a lot. Getting to the Super Bowl is tough. But when you have Josh Allen and you have this roster and you have this team every year that it feels like this is a year they're going to get over the hump, you do have to start to look around and say, man, like what's wrong? What is suddenly going to make the Bills take the leap that they need to take? Because this year to me was the first time I can squarely look at it and say where they were eliminated makes it a disappointment because of how good the Bills on paper are supposed to be. And I think it's easy for me to answer this question. I think they need an identity change. Right now, the identity of the Buffalo Bills has nothing to do with being physical. Um, it's more so finesse. They harp on the big plays. And when you go into a playoffs, and I listened to Rand Carthone, uh, the, the new general manager now for the Tennessee Titans, and he basically said, when you get to this point in the playoffs, you have to be able to run the football effectively. Number one in the AFC because of the weather. You have to be physical on your offense and defensive line at this time of the year, and you have to make plays. And when I look at the Buffalo Bills and how they're constructed, they had one sack from the defensive side and hit the quarterback three times versus Joe Burrow. They had, from the offensive side, three total explosive plays. Think about now. That's plays 20-plus yards or more. This is a football team who the entire year – Everything that you did from an offensive standpoint was predicated off of the big play. And this team isn't built as is 
to sustain long drives over and over again. That's why you're able to see the Cincinnati Bengals do it the week prior versus the Baltimore Ravens. And you've seen the Cincinnati Bengals do it against the Buffalo Bills. Why? It's because when you have a quarterback that is patient and doesn't mind dumping the ball off and understands where the blitz is coming from and uh, where you need to go with the football and that whole nine, it's a huge difference. Also, when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals and the way they was able to rush the football effectively yesterday, and you look at the Buffalo Bills who had a total of 19 carries for 63 yards and a touchdown, and your quarterback had eight of those carries for 26 yards and a touchdown, that's a problem. And they also did not pick the blitz up very well yesterday. As we've seen Von Bell come untouched on a blitz. We've seen Mike Hilton numerous of times come untouched on the blitz. To the point to where I think this offseason, it's imperative that head coach Sean McDermott, OC Ken Dorsey, and Leslie Frazier, those guys meet together and collectively say, you know what? We need an identity change. And being physical and physicality has to be a part of that identity. There's a football IQ portion of this that I think really shined for Joe Burrow too, right? Like you mentioned his ability to get the guys in the right play. It felt like they were a step ahead of the defense the entire time. Uh, that, that was pretty apparent throughout the course of a lot of this. And the most shocking thing isn't just that Joe Burrow wasn't hit or sacked a lot. It's that Joe Burrow had basically no one playing in front of him and still wasn't hit Mm -hmm. or sacked a lot. And that does speak to sort of having to look at yourself. And and it's wild to me. I'll admit that I, I was thinking this on Sunday as I was watching this go down. And one of the most stunning things to me was that I was watching an outdoor game in Buffalo in the snow. And I felt like the Bengals were better built to handle it than the Bills are. Like, and that's stunning to me only because you play for home field advantage. You build for who you are, right? Like it, mm-hmm. when you have the advantage of playing in Buffalo, it would think that that becomes like a part of your identity. There's an identity to how the Steelers are always built that sort of lives uh, in Pittsburgh football, right? Like I sat there and watched the Bills and thought, man, this game to me would have looked much different if it was indoors, for example. Would have looked much well, different. Th- that, I don't understand why, you know. The Buffalo Bills are going to get a new stadium, right? Right. And for some apparent reason, they want the stadium to continue to be outdoor. What's wrong with having a retractable roof to where you can make the decision if you're playing outside or inside? Because the way they're built from an offensive standpoint is built to be indoors. Why do you uh, why do you hate your fans being comfortable? Like that's my first thought. I was like, who wants to sit outside of that? Now I realize it's a big home field advantage and it's cool. And like I said earlier, I love watching. But snow it got football used games. against them yeah. not too long ago against the New England Patriots. It got used against them. That's a that's another great example of the Josh McDaniels. I'm just going to run the ball, you know, 47 times at this game. We're only going to throw the ball twice or whatever it was uh, in that game. You're right. The elements of Buffalo have been used against Buffalo. Which just feels weird to me. Now, I realize that maybe you don't build your whole team around, well, January weather could be bad in Buffalo. I understand that. But it has to be part of your identity, doesn't it? Like, being able to just come in and come in. And you've been saying it for a long time. Like, there are certain fundamentals you have to work on. There are certain fundamentals you have to show everybody you can accomplish in November, December. You have to show people that when you need to drive that ball down the field, run the football, and chew clock, you can do it. We haven't seen some of that stuff from the Bills all year. And we've been saying, I feel like, on the show, every time we've been working together since early December, the question mm-hmm. is, how are they going to tackle? How are they going to be more fundamentally sound? How are they going to be able to run the football when you know the run is coming? And in this game, they weren't able to do 
any of but those guess things. what? Guess who we seen it from this past this past weekend? The Bengals. We seen it from Cincinnati. We seen it from Kansas City against the Jags with Pacheco and company, where they ran for a lot of yards in that in their ball game. So we've seen it from, you know, the two young quarterbacks that we're most high on, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals and Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it, it's part of what the Bills are going to have to answer. It's not okay to just look at this season and say, hey, it was great we made the playoffs. For some teams, it is. For the Bills specifically, there's a, a higher expectation, and they've got to look internally to figure out how they can meet that expectation. Speaking of expectations – I think expectations for one brand has changed the way that we view an entire football game, an entire coaching staff, and an entire football community. And it's wrong. We'll break it down next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. There's still greatness in Dak that I can get out of him, and maybe he just needs a change away from the Cowboys entirely. Like, I, this is one of the most mesmerizing drop-offs I've seen from mm-hmm. a star player. When you talk about going from playing smart, efficient football to suddenly looking like a rookie that doesn't know how to read a defense, like that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. And and you're right, like it makes me question the coaching, it makes me question the teaching, it makes me question the offensive system, it makes me question the quarterback's comfort. But all through that, if I'm another team that's quarterback needy, like we keep talking about the Colts and you know the Panthers. And the Jets and the Raiders as teams that need a quarterback. I don't. Are you looking at Dak right now, saying, "Man, I, I take that guy. We could still salvage Dak." I don't know how to feel about it. Three hours later. I just had something else come across my feed. I don't know how to feel about. I'm going to need your thoughts on this. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Your smart speakers. Just tell them to play ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Sports Center. Is on my Instagram feed, right? Mm-hmm. Harry? Mm-hmm. Sports Center's got all these videos of Cowboys fans breaking their TVs. Like, how much, like, what level does, I, I realize <laughs> I'm frugal. I realize that I am irrationally frugal at times. And I have had some moments this year that the Cardinals meltdown reminds me of one where I sat in front of my TV for a solid three hours, didn't say a word in the dark. The lights went mm-hmm. off. Uh, the, the All the lights were off in the house. I just sat in the house for three hours, didn't look at anything. I just stared at a blank TV. I well, understand. Dramatic. Well, you know, it, 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 that one hurt. Uh, I understand the passion of the fan. I don't understand the moment where you're like, hey, I'm going to go break this $1,000 item that hangs on my wall. Like, uh, uh, This makes no sense to me, Harry. No, it, it never will to me, but that also lets you know how upset, the frustration, the, the, the not readiness these fans are to be let down and disappointed over and over and over oh, come again. On. There's no way you bought your own TV and you broke it. Like you, There's no way because all I'd be thinking about is replacement. I'm not breaking anything. I buy. I mean, replacement <laughs> value right there. Like I got to go out and buy. Like The only thing worse than watching, watching my beloved Raiders get their ass kicked would be the realization that I now got to go drop 1500 bucks on a new TV. Like I'm not, I'm not doing it. Devin, you watched your team get absolutely destroyed this weekend. Did you break a TV? I did not. No, and I didn't even think about breaking a TV. See? Like and Devin, Devin was near. Did the, you take an extra shot of three or four? 
no comment on that one, Harry. Okay, but uh, <laughs> oh, you're pleading the fifth. Okay, all right, all right, Devin. Okay, too cool for school. I'm I mean, sorry. I would ask Evan, but I would only imagine that Evan's like Evan just seems like like a like a 22 inch 23 the TV inch TV. Break, the TV a break Dev. Just I mean, bought a new Evan. TV actually. <laughs> just bought a new TV, yeah. Evan. I'm forever 55. 55. Moving on up. Oh, you got a 55 incher. Which oh, means look at you. if you put, a big boy. If you put big Evan's boy. TV okay, big man. on its side on the ground, the TV is now taller than Evan, right? Like we've established <laughs> <laughs> What? Oh, Evan with the 55 inch. Okay, you, you big say, guy. Fitz, did you say $1,500? That's a nice TV. Well, uh, I mean, uh, I can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, you know, sometimes very little I splurge on in my life, but yeah, I did. I splurged a little on the TV. Last can I tell y'all how cheap I am, though, really quick? Yeah. So, so, my wife, my kids broke the TV up in one of the guest bedrooms, and I don't know who did it because my nieces and nephews, everybody was over here. And I haven't replaced it like in the last like seven, eight months. And my wife was like, hey, I think for Christmas we need a new TV. I said, we need a new TV or do we want a new TV? I said, I don't think we need it. We have a million TVs in this house. Like I'm in my basement right now. I'm literally looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, eight TVs down here. Why do we need a new TV? So you're telling I would me- take one from down here and go put it up in that room before I go buy another one. Question, when you go get that new TV because you are cheap, do you I'm take the do you take the Porsche to do that or do you just take one of the like do you take one of the trucks? In my mind like Harry Douglas got a big old truck too. Like Harry got Actually, a big old truck. Actually, I no longer oh, have yeah. the Porsche. The Porsche is sold. Oh, oh. I got rid of it. Don't oh. have it anymore. Oh, wow. Well, I, thanks yeah, for man, asking it's not, me. It's not, it's not like a family car. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. It's Fitz and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason I'm a family Fitz. man. Uh, eight TVs in that room. That's, that's uh, wow. I am, I am very it's jealous. It's a big room, bro. Well, it's a basement. Like uh, it's, a, it's a man cave. Okay. It's like it's a man cave. Uh, so right now you got Cowboys fans sitting in their man cave trying to fi- figure out what went wrong. I just, I, I know it wasn't good enough. And I know the standard is the standard. I just will keep saying this, Harry. The number mm-hmm. five seed went on the road to the num- number two seed with the best defense in the NFL and played them really tight for a game. Almost won it. Could have won it if their quarterback played better. Like, if we applied that logic right now to the Jags, for example, if we applied that logic to most other teams, we're not coming in here saying, fire everybody, it's all a lost cause, but that's what we do because it's the Cowboys and we make everything too big a deal. Like, the Cowboys are essentially, like, living, breathing, eating real housewives of Orange County. Like, everything has to be a big deal <laughs> instead of just being like, yeah, I had a bad day. It has to be, oh, the Cowboys, oh, dreaded, they lost. Who cares? Or they could just bring in a coaching staff who wants to get the best out of their players. Now, I will say this. Dan Quinn has done a phenomenal job with that defense, um, especially revamping it last year when he got there to what we previously seen them to be. So I think Dan Quinn has done a a phenomenal job with this defense, and he's probably going to be leaving too. He's probably going to be getting a head coaching job somewhere. So now you're going to have to be replacing your defensive coordinator a lot of people are high on Kellen Moore. I can't sit up here and say I've ever been high on Kellen Moore like that. Would you make uh, Dan Quinn the next coach? Like, no, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about Sean Payton for a second. If you had to choose today between the only way you can keep Quinn in the building is if you make him the head coach of the Cowboys, would you do that? That's tough because what I need fixes the offense. So I don't. I don't think the defense is. I don't think they're. I'm trying to figure out how to say it. I don't, I don't think the defense needs more brushing up than the offense does. Gotcha. So while you think Dan Quinn is a viable head coaching candidate somewhere, because of the deficiencies on the offensive side of the ball of the Cowboys, it's not in Dallas. 
I can't. I'm not gonna sit up here and say it it's not gonna be in Dallas. I'm just saying if if I was Jerry Jones, I'm looking at a guy like Sean Payton, who's an offensive mind, so I can get the best out of Dak Prescott, my quarterback, right. and CD Lamb, and these running backs, and the rest of this offense. That, I mean, that's what I need. And what you're saying right there, by the way, I think is a huge part of the conversation that has to happen right now. We're we're making everything about this game. I honestly believe the question today that Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore are going to be forced to answer to Jerry Jones is, what went wrong with Dak and how are you going to fix it? And you better have a clear answer to that. No different than if you were interviewing for the job, right? Like if they were interviewing somebody, the first question is, how do you fix Dak? Isn't that the first question today for McCarthy and for Kellen Moore? Yes, what's your plan? I I mean, that's... that's And who who else are we going to bring on this offensive side of the ball to help Dak reach you know, the heights that we expect him to reach. Yeah, I think that's the hardest part about this is you're going to have to have a viable answer to what you want to accomplish next. Isn't that why you make Dan Quinn the head coach? Because then you could bring in a new OC and really redo the offensive staff without Mike McCarthy? You can't do that with McCarthy. I mean, McCarthy could easily bring in a new offensive coordinator. What if he's the problem? Well, we'll find out because Mike McCarthy (laughs) is going to be hanging out with Kenny and Carlin for the first segment. Don't miss it. It's Harry and Fitz. Fitz and Harry? Listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN Radio, and you can watch on the ESPN app.